This episode of the Apple Bits XL is sponsored by SaneBox, an AI-driven email management tool that saves the average user two and a half hours of time per week by seamlessly organizing and filtering emails. To start your free trial and get a $25 credit, visit SaneBox.com slash AppleBits today. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash AppleBits. All right, everybody, we have got iPhone 15 news, Apple Watch Ultra, Apple Vision Pro, and so much more. So you know what time it is. Let's get to the show. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 276, getting closer. What? We'll hit 300 episodes by the end of this year. So this is, if you're new to the show, this is where we talk about all the stories happening with Apple and the greater tech world as a whole. It is more Apple-centric, hence the name, the Apple Bits XL, which is the extra stuff, more additional stories and content, and a weekly podcast. So thanks so much for joining us. And first, before we get into everything, we always have a little bit of business to attend to. So let's get to it. If you want to be a part of the show, hey, we'd love to hear from you. Call in, record your voice memo, send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z show at gmail.com. Your name, where you're from, what do you want to talk about, your questions, your comments, your answers, send in. We'll have some fun, and I love how it adds a little texture to the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all my content. It starts at $2 per month, goes up to $5, which is like a cup of coffee per month, $10, $25, and the $100 Platinum Apple level. It's Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. You get early access to my content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. No ads whatsoever. You will never, 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 never hear this again. So Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support. All right, let's get into it. The show's coming out a few days later because I was out of town for the weekend, but still plenty cooking. And we're going to start things off with iPhone 15 stuff. We're getting closer. Obviously, it is the flagship announcement sometime in September. I do have to tell you, I did jump on a call recently with some friends from the fruit company. And when I said casually, see you guys in September, they, they responded with, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, you can't even say that. But we know that September is coming around the corner. And let's just give you a lay of the land because so much is out there about the iPhone 15 Pro. So I'm going to just break down everything we know and we expect, first of all. And then we're going to talk about some of the new things that we've just recently heard. iPhone 15 Pro models will be equipped with the A17 Bionic chip, right? This is the next generation chip based on on the three nanometer process, which is expected to be more powerful, more battery efficient. The standard iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus are expected to still use the A16 Bionic chip. The new iPhone 15 Pros will have the titanium frame, right? This is a new kind of more brushed metal frame instead of stainless steel. Thinner bezels around the edge of the display a USB-C port, first time to bring USB-C to the iPhone with support for at least USB 3.2 or Thunderbolt 3, which would allow the devices to have faster data transfer speeds, which is a must based on all the type of media and content that I'm recording and capturing with it. That's if you do it over a cable. 
um, compared to existing phones with Lightning. Now, the iPhone 15 models will have a USB-C port on there, but it will remain limited to USB 2.0 speeds, which are similar to Lightning. So thanks, Apple. Two different types of USB-C throughput, depending on Pro or Standard. Wi-Fi 6E. Like the Max and the iPad Pro, the iPhone 15 Pro will support Wi-Fi 6E for faster wireless speeds, according to leaks and reports. Increased RAM. The Pro models will be reportedly coming with an increased 8 gigs of RAM based on reports, while the standard models will continue to have 6 gigs of RAM as they do currently. There will be a new reported action button on the iPhone 15 Pro models that will be customizable for different features, similar to how we have an action button on the Apple Watch Ultra. There were also rumors that we would have touch solid state buttons for volume control on this new iPhone 15 Pro, but all reports indicate that that was scrapped because it was becoming too tricky and they weren't able to get it done in time. So that will not be coming to the iPhone 15 Pro. You have ultra wideband improvements. So this is currently internally called the U1 chip, and this is for improved integration with something like Apple's Vision Pro headset and improved performance and reduced power consumption for things like doing airdrop and precision finding in the Find My app. Also, LiDAR scanner improvements. According to reports, the 15 Pro will have a more power-efficient LiDAR scanner supplied by Sony, which could also improve the 3D depth scanning performance for things like AR apps and night mode uh, photos for portrait mode, according to Kuo, Ming-Chi Kuo. A more reportedly repairable design and then eSIM-only models in more countries. iPhone 15 Pro models could be compatible with eSIMs only in France and potentially other countries. And we know Apple first removed the physical SIM card tray from the iPhone 14 models in the U.S. last year. And some people are okay with that. Some people are not. So that's everything we currently know, at least based on rumors of the iPhone 15 Pro lineup. And then we also have some new stuff to add on, I talked about that action button that will not, well, an action button on the Apple Watch Ultra, but this new button that will be customizable specifically for the iPhone 15 Pro. Now, according to code found in the iOS 17 Beta 4, the action button could have nine different options. Now, these were discovered, I believe, by uh, Steve Moser, who's dug into code before and some of these features would be and again this is customizable similar to how the apple watch is customizable accessibility so this would presumably allow a various accessibility features to pop up and be easily quickly accessible shortcuts so similar to the apple watch ultra this would let users run any shortcut that you've created or downloaded from the shortcuts app so maybe something like sending a message or playing a specific playlist or maybe controlling certain smart home devices. The action button here on the iPhone could also be used uh, for silent mode to just instantly switch it, just let it toggle it on or off. It could also be used for the camera, which will let you launch the camera app and then take a photo or video with a single press of the action button, maybe a long hold for something else for video. A flashlight could also be the flashlight. Focus would allow you to activate or deactivate a focus mode. The magnifier potential setting would allow the button to let users activate a magnifier app to use the iPhone's camera as a magnifying glass. So for maybe for macro to do, zoom in on small text or objects, 
The button could also be used to launch the Translate app to start a conversation or text translation with a person. And then voice memos. This could let you use your phone like a quick hit to record a voice memo on the spot. Now, these have all been found in the code of iOS 17 beta 4. Um, and these all may or may not be options, but, you know, very similar to the Apple Watch. This sounds, you know, really attractive. Again, I'd like the action button to at least be able to use multiple functions if I hit it once or if I do a long press on it, or if I do a double hit, or even a triple hit, if we could have access to maybe a few short shortcut type apps, I think that'd be really cool. So we will see, but obviously that is one of the new, the new bells and whistles that is expected to come to the iPhone 15 Pros. Emphasis on the Pros. Ming-Chi Kuo also reports that the iPhone 15 and 15 Plus would feature a 48 megapixel camera that could capture more light. And this is important because, right, with a lens that gives you 48 megapixels, you get pro raw photo capabilities, similar to what is done in the iPhone 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max last year. You get more detail in the image file, more editing flexibility. If you compare that to the camera in last year's iPhone 14 and 14 Plus, which is the kind of standard 14 models, that was using a 12 megapixel camera. So for users that don't want or need the Pro and the standard ones are more than good enough and upgrading the camera, we always know, I mean, our phones are our cameras, our cameras are our phones. It's almost interchangeable how these things behave. The iPhone 15 Pro is also said to be easier to repair like the 14 and 14 Plus, according to a report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman with a redesigned chassis that makes the devices, as he says, easier to repair. Now, this could, this change here could result in maybe the iPhone 15 Pro models having a removable back glass with this new chassis redesign, and maybe could be the first iPhone models that could be open from both the front and the back, and this was similar to what was able to happen with the 14 and 14 Plus. Uh, the other device that could do that, how far back could they be repaired from the front and the back? The iPhone 4S from 20. 11. So having that removable back glass, significantly lower fees for iPhone 15 Pro models that have a cracked glass for customers. I mean, you even think about third-party repairs that sometimes you all jump over to. That would make life a lot easier as well. Now, you talk about a new processor, a titanium chassis, this potential new periscope camera that we've talked about in videos and in podcasts and if you aren't familiar, right, the Periscope camera, which is internally different, takes up more space within the phone, is reportedly going to be specifically for the iPhone 15 Pro Max, but would finally give an iPhone something more than a three-time zoom, something maybe along a 5X or 6X op true optical zoom with this Periscope lens. Well, reports are that Apple's iPhone 15 Pro Max could likely start at $1199 and up to $12.99, according to analysts. This has been thrown around that even the iPhone 15 Pro and the iPhone 15 Pro Max might be $100 to $200 more expensive than previous models. Just as a reminder, the current iPhone 14 Pro starts at $999. The current iPhone 14 Pro Max starts at $1099. So those numbers could change. Some early estimates, based on what 
you know, people are projecting and throwing around would be the iPhone 15 would start at $799, which would be unchanged. The iPhone 15 Plus would start at $899, which would be unchanged. Then the iPhone 15 Pro could jump up to $1099 versus $999, which is the current iPhone 14 Pro price. And then the iPhone 15 Pro Max could jump up $200 from the current iPhone 14 Pro's $1099 price point to $1299. And all reports are pushing and leaning on the fact that it's the camera and the titanium frame. And also, Apple has been rumored to be talking about increasing prices for the iPhone for the past two or three years. I think it hasn't happened. And maybe this is the year that it actually happens, especially with an all-new camera system. And we'll see what those benefits are. I've talked about it that a telephoto lens optical 5X 6X from an iPhone in the ecosystem that I use, that is attractive to me. But I still don't like the big, big big-ass phone. That's just not me. So we'll see. Even Mark Gurman's reports have been talking about expecting iPhone 15 price increases. So, you know, we're starting to hear a lot of buzz and maybe this is the year that it actually happens. All right, let's take a break to thank the sponsor of the podcast. SaneBox is an email management software tool that lets you work smarter in your inbox, save time and focus on things more important than email. SaneBox is all about saving you time and helping you stress less on email using its proprietary AI SaneBox organizes your incoming emails into appropriate folders, so when you open your inbox, you'll only see the important emails without lifting a finger. It's like a smart assistant with years of experience who knows what's important to you. Now, on average, this saves the average user between two to four hours each week by seamlessly organizing and filtering emails. SaneBox works with any email client. That also means you don't have to change email clients to take advantage of all of SaneBox's benefits. Now, as a trial user, SaneBox even offers a free one-to-one SaneBox concierge service where you can sit down with one of their email experts to review process steps for managing your email and then setting up SaneBox to match your workflow. Now, I found that it just helps sort the emails that matter to me and those that don't. And, you know, I'll still check them and move messages when I need it. So then it learns that. But it's just an easy label in my Gmail that I peek at every day. So start your free trial and get a $25 credit. Visit SaneBox.com slash AppleBits today. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash AppleBits. All right, then let's get right back to it in. You know, we do talk about Apple a lot, but hey, we can't ignore that Samsung over in Korea just dropped a whole bunch of new hardware. But what I think is interesting about it is, you know, this this is a an interesting time in tech where, you know, people are kind of saying, hey, for Samsung, this finally feels like an S year, similar to Apple does an iPhone S year where the upgrades are kind of incremental. This feels really incremental. I mean, I think the biggest thing is the biggest, most attractive product for me, and I have purchased one of these in the past, is the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 5. That is what I love because it has this nice 3.4-inch interactive display on the outside that you can actually use full-on apps on it, customize it, but the external display is now a full screen for the most part, similar to what uh, the Razer is doing as well this year. I've always loved the flip design. It has a new hinge now that folds it completely flat and just makes this device even sexier than it's been before. You have 
supporting clocks that can match it. But I love the Z Flip 5. I think this is a phone that, you know, as an alternative to the iPhone, and it just has such this cool fidget factor. Samsung is really leaning into foldables as their thing, and they're, they don't have too much competition in the space, quite honestly. But because of that, this is definitely feeling like an S-type year. You also get the latest Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 processor. The thing is zippy. It doesn't slack at all. And so to me, that that was the biggest announcement from Samsung. But also they have their Fold 5, which is their big candy bar design. And it finally also folds flat. It also is using the latest processor. But the Fold itself, I mean, if you're talking about what type of functionality does it do that that's much different, um, not much different. I mean, they have a new software-based taskbar for quick switching between frequently used apps. Um, and you can do like drag and drop for moving content between apps with two hands. Uh, but hey, the if you owned even something like a Fold 3, unless you really, really got to have the hinge be super flat, this is a very incremental thing. Nothing where we've seen a huge jump from a significance of making these foldables slimmer. I think that's the next step. I still am 100% behind the design that Google has implemented with the larger um, front cover screen that just feels like the dimensions of a phone. That is the one that I'm all over. Uh, Of course, Samsung has been doing this for a while, so a lot of their Android apps uh, are more compatible for the foldable format, and that's one thing that Google has to catch up so that all these other apps are just easily kind of formatted to work on all these different types of displays. But, you know, at the same time, we always think about, hey, we know Apple is testing foldables. We know they've been looking at different options. We know they've even been testing like a foldable iPad. And I'm just always wondering when or if they'll actually jump into the market. The market isn't big enough and isn't taking enough of their lunch to do anything. And until it does, Apple's not going to release it. But we all would love the idea to kind of figure out or just see what is Apple's vision for a foldable, what would they do differently? And you think about something like the Apple Vision Pro, and that was a great example of a market that has been, you know, growing slowly but surely, very niche. But what Apple threw out there is unlike anything we've seen before. It just is a fact. It doesn't mean it's going to sell bonkers because we have to see how people really adapt adopt this because of its price. For a lot of other reasons, what is the killer app for most people, whether it's general consumer, whether it's super techie? I mean, out of the gates, starting at $3,499, you've got to be one of those hardcore early adopter tech fans. And if you do and you love that stuff you're pro- and you have the disposable income, you're that person that is going to definitely throw down for an Apple Vision Pro. But I still can't just tell anyone, hey, you got to spend $3,500 minimum. Let's really call it $4,000 after tax on anything, on anything like that's, that's a number that like, I couldn't tell someone you have to buy this $3,500 extremely loaded MacBook Pro. Like, I don't recommend, I don't even recommend that because most people don't need that. When you start getting up to those numbers, it really becomes a personal decision. And I'm not going to judge either way, whether you want to get it or not, but it becomes a very personal thing. So you know, we have all this tech coming, going back to Samsung when we talk about 
tablets in innovation. They just released a big kahuna 14.6 inch S9 Ultra tablet. I've been waiting patiently for Apple to make an even larger, like 15 inch iPad Pro. I'm serious. You all think I'm crazy? I would love a larger iPad Pro. So they also released their Galaxy uh, Watch 6 slim down bezels. You can now use the uh, the bezel, that physical, you know, turn, physical turning of the the screen face around the edges, which has kind of been like a classic thing. 20% larger displays, improved peak brightness, longer battery life. Just, you know, again, a very S-type year. I will say, though, that the heart sensors inside the Galaxy uh, Watch 6, they still have things like body composition, uh, more, you know, your, they have things like sleep consistency, personalized heart rate zone information, fall detection, a lot of the things that we now have, but skin temperature measurements are part of it, body composition. These are things that we don't have in the Apple ecosystem. All right, so let's go on. You know, you talk, I talk about all these Android devices. Well, when you talk about Android versus iPhone, another trend that can be not so good if for these Android-based companies that in the U.S., and this is happening in other countries as well, but specifically in the U.S., the iPhone market share jumped up to 55% as Android shipments fell. So U.S. iPhone market share increased to 55% in quarter two because of lower shipments of Android smartphones. And it was pretty significant. So, you know, the, the market itself has actually been pretty stagnant. And CounterPoint Research says that the second quarter of the year was tough for just the entire U.S. smartphone market. Smartphone shipments declined by 24% year on year. Um, with a lot of the major Android brands taking the biggest hits. And so this decline in smartphone shipments made the market very tepid. There was a slump in summer sales. There are promotions that were trying to push these out. It didn't really make a difference. Alcatel had a decline year over year of 69% decrease in shipments. Samsung shipments fell 37%. Motorola was down 17%. Google was the only winner thanks to the launch of the Pixel Fold. But with all those decreases, you know, Apple also had shipments fall 6% year on year. So again, everyone was affected, but Apple was able to increase its U.S. market share by a full 10 points from 45% in Q2 of last year to 55% now in the same quarter this year. That's a big jump. That is a big jump for Apple. And, you know, here's the thing. Once you get into the ecosystem, so you see a big jump like that, but then once you're in the ecosystem and once Apple locks all those people in, those people typically are not jumping ship anytime soon. So you can see this trend and it's not even a blue bubble thing. I mean, these are, this is just pure market share. Apple increased their market share by 10% from last year while Android phones were hurt significantly. So that that is a big shift in the market that just happened over the last year. 
If we want to talk Apple Watch Ultra, because I do, Mark Gurman from Bloomberg talked about how Apple had been testing a dark gray titanium color option for the Apple Watch last year. And that was the number one request for most people. Hey, can you guys make this in black? Can they make it in a darker color? It was scrapped for the 2022 Ultra launch, but because they scrapped it then, we haven't seen any new Apple Watch bands since. We have heard reports that a new Apple Watch Ultra Series 2 is coming, and maybe this darker color returns for the 2023 Apple Watch Ultra hardware refresh, right? It could give it something different. You know, we don't know exactly what significantly is going to change with the Apple Watch Ultra. We do know that the Apple Watch, the standard model, the Series 8, which uh, even just the Apple Watch standard lineup has been since the Apple Watch Series 6, has been using the same CPU and GPU. They've called it something different because the packaging is a little different, but the actual processing power has been the same since the Series 6. So Series 9 Apple Watches are expecting to get a pretty sizable bump in performance, and it will be interesting to see how that plays out, how that affects battery life, um, what new things can do. I can already tell you with a Series 7 Apple Watch, the new watchOS 10 beta runs really smooth on it. Uh, there's some things that people don't like right now. The the ability to, you know, right now, at least with the current watchOS 9, you just swipe left or right to change your watch faces. But in watchOS 10, in the current betas, you can't, you don't have that ability to just swipe through faces really quickly. I don't know if that's because people accidentally swiped the watch face and they didn't like that. Um, but now you have to do a long press and then you can change your watch face so you have to initiate that kind of long press to get into the edit mode before you change the watch face. I do agree. Like I like just swiping left to right. Sometimes I just fidget with it just for fun to see the new different watch faces and always go back to my main one. But it also is just more accessible to do a single swipe left to right. So I'm not sure the thinking behind that. It Obviously, the betas are not final. So Apple could bring back the, the swipe just any time to change watch faces. But we're not sure. Mark Gurman also says that Apple has no plans to release a third-gen Apple Watch SE this year. And that's typical. The Apple Watch SE is typically on a two-year upgrade cycle. And I've every time I do my Apple Watch reviews, I always say and I always tell people this lineup is so good. This product is solid as a rock that you start with the SE and then work your way up depending on what features you want. But I would say 95% of people would be fine with the SE. It just comes down to maybe more luxurious materials that you want, right? More watch face size options when you go up to the higher level Apple watches. More, some of the more health sensors, but really, you know, if it, if it, if it has fall detection and you have your heart rate in general, I mean, I, how, how many times have you all ever since they, added the ECG capability. How many times have you taken, actually measured, taken an ECG measurement? For me, I've only done it when I've had to review them. And maybe one other time, just out of curiosity for fun, like, oh yeah, this feature's there. But otherwise, I don't use it. And I think that is most people. I do. So no upgraded Apple Watch SE, but upgrades to the Apple Watch Series 9 in two sizes, 41 millimeter, 45 millimeter, and then a new Apple Watch Ultra Series 2. I'm so curious, like, what 
exactly they'll do with the Series 2 Apple Watch Ultra to make it compelling for people who bought an Apple Watch Ultra. I felt like the Apple Watch Ultra was so good that even if they did a few upgrades, it wouldn't change that much. And most people that have an Ultra now will be fine with an Ultra. Will it really just be like a color swap? (laughs) It could maybe a little processor bump that you most likely won't feel. I mean, will they be able to squeeze out a few more hours of juice? We'll see. We will see. Also, not surprisingly, reports have come out that Apple's planning to significantly reduce the iPad bezel sizes with the new display technology. Um, This would be low injection pressure over molding or lipo, as it's dubbed inside Apple. So not only does liposuction in real life get the fat out, it also gets the fat out of those bezels. And this new process is potentially going to shrink the border size around the display to 1.5 millimeters from about the 2.2 millimeters on the current iPhones. And LiPo is expected to be used in the iPad lineup as well moving forward. Uh, we know that Apple is reportedly has a new iPad Pro in the works, but the new LiPo technology for the iPad Pro may not be implemented. And we may not even see a new iPad Pro this year based on reports it it seems pretty murky that that may not happen and we're waiting for a new processor upgrade i think right now the ipad pro is equipped with the m2 and if an m3 isn't ready does it make sense to release an an ipad pro right now if they don't have even something like a new display for it? this rumored oled display that is expected to be coming in 2024 2024 seems like the best time for a new iPad Pro with new tech, new design. Uh, give it to us then. Apple suppliers are also reportedly gearing up for new Macs later this year. There's been a lot of rumors. We talked about it in our videos, ours, I mean, the video that you know I put out about October being the target date for the new launch of an M3 chip that could happen as early as October based on Bloomberg's Mark Gurman's reports. Um, It would also make sense now if the supply chain is gearing up for these devices in the third quarter. Gurman had reported that the first Macs with the M3 chip will likely be a new 13-inch MacBook Pro, a new 13-inch MacBook Air, and a 24-inch iMac. And potentially, you know, we got the Mac Mini that's out there. Uh, The 15-inch MacBook Air would be eventually upgraded with an M3, but that, that just came out. And so I don't think that's going to happen. There's also been a lot of reports that are saying, of course, Apple doesn't reveal the numbers, that the Mac 15-inch MacBook Air is not selling that well. And I don't know, you know, because we don't see the numbers, we don't know, no. But if that is the case, you know, I that to me would be the sweet spot for me. But the reason why I didn't buy it is because for someone like me who's already purchased a MacBook Pro 16-inch, two years ago there's no need because i'm not i'm not the type of person that excessively spends it just buys whatever apple comes out with the 15 inch macbook air has been lighter for me when i go on trips and i like it but i'm not going to throw down the model that i would get would be fully loaded close to two thousand dollars just for a slightly lighter laptop when i already have a big 16 inch screen and i think a lot of people have already settled in into the laptops they have right now and so maybe in two years 
depending on where I'm at, that becomes more attractive. I love everything about that laptop. It's a laptop I wanted as a student, but for now, it's just not a laptop that I'm willing to spend money on, but I think it's incredible. I love everything about it, but at the same time, it seems like that's what other people are saying. They love everything about it, but they're not in a position or they don't need to spend on it right now. I mean, how what a luxury would it be to have, oh, I got a 15-inch MacBook Air for the road, but I really use my 16-inch MacBook Pro powerhouse. Like, yeah, that that's not that many people. Let's be real. But suppliers are reportedly gearing up for new Macs later this year, and that lines up exactly with what Mark Gurman has been saying about new Macs coming as early with an M3 chip in October. All right, just some quick Apple Vision Pro news. The Apple Vision Pro developer kits are now available. Apple announced them about a week ago with the release of these kits. This will allow developers to apply to receive a kit starting today. They will be provided with an Apple Vision Pro loaner that will allow them to develop and test apps. They'll get help with device setup and onboarding. There's going to be check-ins with Apple experts for UI design and development guidance. I mean, this is exciting because... We need developers to get these in their hands. We need developers to find new and creative ways to take advantage of this hardware and deliver new experiences. Because right now, when I think of the Apple Vision Pro, after all of trying it out and all the hoopla and all the excitement, which it was really exciting, what are the the killer features or the two core uses that stand out to me? One, you're someone who is committing to using this as a computer in a new way. And then the other one is all about Apple Immersive Video. They're the result of their 3D video immersive video platform thanks to the acquisition of NextVR. We already know, people have told me directly that they're already recording uh, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour with those 8K 360 cameras specifically for Apple content. We've already heard reports that Even Apple's own Apple TV Plus shows are using those cameras to record as well. Maybe not necessarily full-on episodes, but maybe for certain scenes or for certain bonus content. And then, again, sporting events, I'm telling you, like, NBA VR was the the love child of NextVR and the NBA working together. Adam Silver said they are looking closely at what Apple is doing. And you've got to imagine with these new broadcasting and distribution rights, Apple is prime to start eventually within the next three years, provide 3D spatial audio sporting events where you can switch the camera to change the angle on the fly while you're watching. And it most likely will be the MLS and the NBA to start. Maybe even the maybe even MLB, but MLB's, you know, the action is a little slower. I don't I don't I don't know if I really need uh, to change cameras all the time because it's it's a slower moving sport. But those are the two things that I think are the most compelling right now. The Apple immersive video platform and using it as a true new way to compute. All the other stuff is interesting and unique. You know, even gaming, we didn't see it on, we didn't see any gaming on the Apple Vision Pro yet and we'll have to see what developers do. But this is a great step of moving forward. Also, Apple Vision's Pro Developer Labs has kicked off this week. What is that specifically? Well, to support their developers, um, you've got to be at least 18 years and older, but you can attend 
Vision Pro Developer Labs that allow you to test and optimize Vision OS apps. So they're going to be located in I what six different cities. These labs: Cupertino, London, Munich, Shanghai, Singapore, and Tokyo. Now, after developer applies to attend a Vision Pro Developer Lab, Apple's going to email them to notify them if their application was approved. I'm sure you're going to have some people coming up with some some basic apps just because they want to try the Vision Pro. I'm pretty sure. I, I I think I actually know a few people that are like, yo, I'm just going to make an app and apply so I can just try the damn thing out. So selected developers, they have to be selected. You're going to be able to test and perfect their Vision OS applications with the help of Apple experts together because, again, there are six different cities on site. So bring your Mac, bring your code, bring whatever else you need to optimize your apps with Vision Pro. But these are all great steps. And again, they said sometime early 2024. I've got to imagine it's going to be sometime in that summer. Not, I don't expect it in February, March. I'm expecting more like May, June-ish. So we'll see what happens there. But hey, it's exciting times. Apple Vision Pro, I don't know. I mean, every time we talk about it, it gets a little exciting, but at the same time, like, dude, how many people are going to buy it? And when I went to Comic-Con, I, I was just out there. The number one question I got from friends that I haven't seen in a while is they just wanted to talk about Apple Vision Pro. So everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to try it. Everyone is curious about it. But also, the conversation comes to the point like, okay, are you I awesome? Are you willing to spend over 3500 And of course, the people with the disposable income to do it that are the hardcore techies said yes, but everyone else is like, I'm not ready to do it. I'm going to wait for the next generation or when the price comes down. So, and guess what? That's that's the majority of thinking for most people. You know, let's not get caught up in this tech bubble. I mean, we love this stuff, but we sometimes forget. It's just like how, you know, so my no no shade here, but my YouTube peers that upgrade and buy every new thing every year, that is not normal. Most people hold on their computer for at least at least three to five years. Okay. And even three changing it up is a lot, is is a lot. Most people do not upgrade their phone every single year. And most people don't buy every new piece of tech all the time. So you know, that's why I just really try to stay grounded. Like what what do I really need and how will it help me, you know, do my job or enjoy things in in a responsible way. Like I'm not going to buy a 15-inch MacBook Air just because. Some people do. So I think it it gets you a little out of touch with the reality of what the actual consumer is doing and what type of decisions that they're making when you can just be like, yeah, sure, get the Apple Vision Pro. I just don't, that's just not a normal way of thinking. Uh, Apple wants you to think that though. They want you to buy whatever they put out. So we'll see what happens, but exciting times, everybody. Uh, you know, September's coming up. There's gonna be a lot cooking. I can't tell you what I have going on, but I definitely have a cool interview opportunity coming up around that time of whatever that time is. And so I'm excited about that. And hopefully um, we'll just know that I told you now because I know what's happening and you don't know what it is, but I know what it is, but it'll, it'll all come together. I mean, I'm really working behind the scenes to get some exclusive, unique stuff that you can't get anywhere else because what's the point of just doing the same thing that everyone else is doing? All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Hey, before we go, we got to give a big shout out to our Platinum Apple supporters at the $100 level on Patreon. 
Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, Glenn Canellis. Thank you so much for all of your support. And thank you to all of you who continue to support. We just handed out the winners of our Closure Rings challenge that we do. We will start another one up soon. We'll have our exclusive live stream this month as well. I mean, I was kind of busy getting married and then going to Comic-Con and traveling. There's there's a lot of things going on, everybody. So we will get back in that group at patreon.com slash Tong is how you support this show and all the content that I do. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. We'll catch you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.